screen. I kept wanting to uh, go to this passage of the Old Testament. Uh, Margaret just read it, Joshua 1. Um, and I read this many times. I've preached out of this passage many times. And I've sang songs about this passage many times. You know, we go to uh, missions, and there's a song called, Be strong and courageous, do not be terrified. Yes, you know. Um, we memorize this passage, you know, and... Uh, and I feel like every once in a while, the lesson from this passage is something that I have to remind myself of. Um, and, and it's because we forget. You know, we, we, it's weird, but people, we remember many things, right? Oh, we're preach, I'm preaching on Joshua, and Joshua just walked in. Uh, it's going to be a good one. We, 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 we feel like we remember many things, you know, like we don't have, uh, I was watching this show about this man who has, he's, he's, has Alzheimer's. And he continues to like, like he'll like he'll be walking, and all of a sudden, just like everything completely changes, and he just realizes, like, he's like, where am I? And then he doesn't realize how he got there, and then he doesn't re- like he's like his chunks of his memory is being released, re- re- like removed from his mind, and it's really like a very very sad and debilitating um, disease. But um, us as normal people, we feel like we remember mostly everything, right? My wife forgets a lot of things, but it's not like. She doesn't have, you know, she's just very, like, forgetful, and then she'll forget to do things. that I forget things here and there. But in general, we remember, like, oh, like you know, like, if you ask me what I did yesterday, I can tell you what I did yesterday, right? You know, I just sat home and played with the kids and ate. You know, I, doesn't, I have memory and recollection. But um, when, it, when it comes to the Word of God, we may actually know it. We may sing about it. We may memorize it. We may preach about it. We may do all of these things, hear many sermons about it. But then a lot of times we forget. And I believe that um, this message here, for me, is something that I often forget. And I find myself, like, in this place of anxiety. I find myself kind of freaking out. And then God has to remind me of what Joshua reminded, of what God reminded Joshua of, of, uh, you know, as he was taken over for Moses. Um, And so I want to look at the life of Joshua. I want to look at the type of person that Joshua was. And to start out, Joshua was like a mighty man. He was a warrior, right? Um, you know, in Exodus 17, it says, Then Amalek came and, and fought with Israel at Raphidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with my staff of God, with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. With Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with a sword. So, with God's help, and Moses, with his hands in the air, Joshua was able to prevail. He was a mighty warrior, right? And, and it's, it's, it's true that it was God's power that brought the victory to Israel. But, but Joshua literally had to actually go out with the sword and fight these people, right? You know, like, it's not like you know, he was a robot and God just programmed to just go and fight. You know? He wasn't like a chess piece. He had to have the unction and the zeal to actually go and see this army and then go out and actually fight, um, fight this Amalek and his army and, 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 and find victory in the Lord. And so Joshua was a warrior. He was brave. Right? He, he wasn't like a chicken. He wasn't a coward. But he was a brave guy. And he had courage. And also he was a leader. 
We see Moses tell him to go and choose men to go with him into battle. Now, I don't know about you, but this isn't an easy thing to do, right? First of all, these people have been slaves for the last 400 years. And so, like, they didn't get any kind of military training, right? They were, what they, they were making bricks and stuff and, like, like, making food and farming for 400 years. These aren't mighty warriors, right? The Israelite people were not people that were, like, known to, like, go out and conquer. They, they were actually, they, everybody saw them as, like, the slaves of Egypt for 400 years. You know, and, and, and these men were coming out of this life of just, just they, they don't know what war is. They don't know what that is. They, 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 most of the people that came, actually all of the people that came out of Israel, right, or came out of Egypt, they were born slaves. And that's all they actually knew. It's not like the Egyptians were going to, like, raise up an army of, 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 of like, s- slaves to, like, do their fighting. They, they're they're going to, you know, they're going to take their weapons and, 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 you know, kill the Egyptians and take over. So they were, they were suppressed and they were treated as people that could only make bricks or do farming work or, you know, clean up. And so these were not mighty men. And so when Moses asked Joshua to choose men to go out into battle, uh, and, and this enemy, right, it wasn't an easy thing to do. Now Joshua couldn't be like, hey, hey, you guys are all fighters here, let's go out. No, he was, all he could choose from were these, these people that know nothing about fighting. Now imagine if I told you right now, you know, there's a group of MMA fighters that just came from Brazil, and they want to fight us, and let's go. I, I, let's go. Come on, Joshua, and come on, you know, Margaret and Tavile, let's go. And I think, you know, like, Let's go and let's fight them. Come on. They want to fight us, so let's go fight them. Like It's an impossible thing to do. And yet Joshua was able to raise up these men. So Joshua, was a, he was a leader. I believe he was a born leader. You know, he had the ability to, to like, not just, you know, like, go and fight an army, but he was actually had the ability to raise up an army. And that's a very special quality to have in people. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of followers in the world, but there aren't a lot of leaders out there. And so... You know, Joshua you know, was a special man. He was a, he's a warrior, um, and, and, and he was also a leader. And he was also a man of faith because Moses, you know, God told Moses to pick 12 men to go out and spy out the promised land. And so God chooses 12 men, and they go out there, and then they, they look, and they're like, oh, my goodness, these are giants, right? These are giants. They, these, these people are huge. And so in Numbers 13, 32, it says, so they – brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out um, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw it in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the son of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed, uh, and so we seemed to them. And so they look upon them. They're like, dude, these are giants. These people look, they, they look like, you know, feet taller than us, and they have grapes that are so big that we have to carry it on a pole between two people, right? I don't know exactly what, what you know, what, it, what, what kind of people these were, but to the people, the 12, to the, to the spies that were sent out, they all felt very intimidated by the people that were out there. Ten of the spies give a bad report based on what they see with their eyes, but two of them, Caleb and Joshua, you know, they give a good one. And I think Caleb, you know, like, I don't really necessarily think he was like this, like, you know, right? I think he was just like a jock, right? When I look at Caleb, you know, I read parts of it. There's a part where he says, like, 
he was a Calebite, he was a brute, you know, like, like I, I feel like uh, Caleb wasn't necessarily just like, you know, the faithful. He, he just was one of these, yeah, we could take him because we, he, we read it right here. It's like, it's like he's a, he says, let us go up and one, at once and occupy it for we are able to, to overcome it. So, like, you see Caleb, he's this person that's just like, he just wants to go and let's, let's take it. We can beat him. Like, he's just, he's just he's, I, I've known people like them, right? They're jacked, and they, they you know, they're kind of like a meathead, and they just feel like they can just beat up anybody, right? So I really, Caleb was like that, but I really, Joshua was a man, he was, he's a man of faith, you know? Chapter 14, verse 6, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And so we see then uh, Joshua, he's, he's this man of faith. He sees with the, his, his eyes, but, but what he actually perceives the situation is, is through the faith that he has in God. And it, and it actually produces faith in him. You know, it's not the norm that this happens because you see the Israelite people. All of the Israelites saw God bring down the ten plagues, right? Everybody, because this is like shortly after they left Egypt. This isn't like, you know, 40 years after they, this is like shortly after they left Egypt. Everyone saw God bring down the plagues, right? You know, like all of the, the crazy things that happened. And then everybody saw God spread, like, part the Red Sea, right? So they see these amazing miracles that, that God has done in front of them, you know, like bring, bring water from a rock and like manna from heaven. Like, this is like, this, they see this with their own eyes. And yet as soon as they, they, they see some kind of opposition, they're, they're not filled with faith. And so it's very, it's actually, it's not the norm for people to see that and it produces faith in them. It's actually the exception for people to see God do amazing things and then it actually produces faith in them. But Joshua, he was a man. He saw it with his own eyes. He saw God part the Red Sea. He saw God bring down the plague. He saw God being victorious in battle. He saw it himself as he was fighting the Amalek and he saw Moses hold up his hand and he's like, dude, we're... We're like, we're a bunch of farmers and brick builders, but we're like beating these guys, right? Like he saw it, so he saw the power of God at work even in his own life. And so it actually produced faith in him. He was a man of faith. You know, and, and, and as, as they tell him, you know, like, hey, we can take this land. This is for us. The majority of the people, they're like, dude, you guys are crazy. You know, let's stone them. That's what it says. It's like they, they started to pick up rocks to stone Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, they started the let's go back to Egypt party, right? They, they started this movement, right? He says, let's go back to Egypt. I don't know if that's really a song. But they wanted to actually go back to Egypt and go back into slavery because what they saw with their eyes freaked them out. But you see with Joshua, he was a man of faith. He was a man of God. So we see this man. He's a warrior. You know, he's a leader. He's a, he's a man of faith. He's also a man of God's presence. Joshua was a man that actually long to be in God's presence. And this is very important. And we saw, he saw firsthand the way that God was meeting with Moses. 
is God would come down as his cloud upon the tent of meetings, and Moses would go in there, and he would com- it says he communed with God like he was a friend of God, right? And he would come out, you know, and then it was Moses that, like, he would come down from the mountain, and his face was so radiant that people were like, oh, I can't look at your face. Put something over your face. And, like, Moses had to put literally a veil over his face because he was so close to God that, that his face just, like, shined. It was, like, just a glitter, a gl- tiny little, like, a little small bit of God's amazing radiance upon Moses, and people couldn't look at him. They're like, oh, our eyes are going to melt. And so he would put a veil on. And so Mo- Joshua saw this intimacy that he had with the God, and he, and he saw how Moses would speak to God, and he saw how Moses would commune with God and be with God, and then he wanted it for himself. It says, Exodus 33:11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. And so, like, like, like Joshua would like remain in the tent because he's like, "Hey, I, I want, I want just a little bit of what Moses has right now, you know." And it's not because he wanted to like take over Moses and like you know like beat him and do a coup, but he 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 had this zeal for God that he wanted to be in God's presence. Like, like Moses was in God's presence. Joshua was a man of God's presence. He desired to commune with God. He saw the intimacy that Moses had, and he, he wanted it. And so he, he continued to seek out the presence of the Lord. And lastly, he was chosen. Joshua was a, was a man that was actually chosen by God to lead his people after Moses. And we see God starting the process of choosing him early on. This is shortly after they cross the Red Sea and Joshua goes out and he helps defeat, the, defeat Amalek. And then verse 13, it says this, And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it into the ear of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. So you see early on that God chooses Joshua. He knows, God knows what Joshua is going to become. Like 40 years from now, after they wander the desert and the wilderness for all these years, and they're about to take the promised land, God knows that Joshua is going to need these words being recited into his ear. I think this is a very, it's like a very special moment that we see where God's like, hey, right, Joshua is special, right? Joshua, like, like he's, he's, not, he's not a regular guy. And, and I want you to write this down so that you, you remember it. And I want you to recite it and speak it into his ear so over and over again that he will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. And it's special because it was actually something that Joshua partook in. He was actually a part of God driving out Amalek and, and conquering Amalek. And he's saying eventually that he's going to blot them out from, from, from existence on this earth. And we see that later in the Old Testament. And so God, he's, he, Joshua is a chosen man. He was chosen by God. So Joshua was the man. Right? He was the man. Right. All right, Joshua. <laughs> he was the man. He was, he was a warrior. I, 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 now this is just me speculating, but I bet you he was like pretty jacked. I bet you he was good looking. Right? I bet you like, like, you know, he was young. You know, as he was, you know, Moses' assistant, he, you know, he was a lot younger than Moses. And so he was, this, he, was, he, was a, he was a he was a he was the man. He was a warrior. He was a leader. 
You know, he was, he was one that was chosen by God. He, he, he longed for God's presence. So he was the man, and he didn't know it, but Joshua, was, he was acing God's interview process. God was, quali- God was qualifying him based on what he was doing, and he didn't even know it was happening. He was, all he was doing was just doing what Moses was telling him to do. And he just thought that he was Moses' assistant. But we see that within this, this period of like 40 years of them wandering the desert, God had chosen him and had appointed him to lead his people. And so take Joshua. He's, he's this man. He's a warrior. He's a leader. He's a man of faith. He's, he hungers after God's presence. And he's chosen by God himself. And we see him after the death of Moses. And if we, you know, he's now called to lead the people of God into the promised land. And we have the passage that Margaret just read earlier um, from Joshua 1. And I, I want to read it together. Let's all read it. Um, follow along as I read this. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, will, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the laws that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to your right hand or to the left, that you, have, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so God looks upon his people, and he chooses Joshua to lead him, lead them, this mighty man of God, he's the man, right? But even though Joshua was the man, I believe that he was scared. I believe that he had fear in his heart. I believe he was a little freaked out. Up until now, it was Moses. You know, up until now, it was God speaking to Moses in the tender meeting. Up until now, it was God communing with Moses. It was God uh, working with Moses to, to, to bring down the plague. It was God working with Moses to, to, to part the Red Sea and, and bring manna from heaven and water from rock and all of these things. It was Moses doing all these things for years. It was, it was, it was Moses that God would meet with him face to face. And everybody saw Moses as the leader and the man of God as the liberator of the people of God. And so even mighty warrior Joshua, right, this, he's a man, he's a leader, he's, he's a warrior, he's a, he's, he's a person, a man of faith. I believe that Joshua at this moment was afraid. We read in Joshua, God telling, in Joshua 1, God telling him over and over again, three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And he has to ask him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. This is 
This is like me trying to get Ethan to, to do the zip line at the playground we go to. He's like, oh, I'm scared. I was like, oh, come on, Ethan, you can do it. Come on, you can do it, right? It's not that scary. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. And he's like, no, I'm thinking, like, come on. I told you, you can do it, right? This is, this is God encouraging Joshua. He's like, come on, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Haven't I commanded you, right? Be strong and courageous. God knew Joshua's heart, and God saw that even Joshua was afraid. This reiterates my point from last week that God doesn't choose perfect people. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect. As we are about to do things for God, God doesn't expect perfection from us because none of us are perfect. No one is perfect. And even Joshua, when faced with leading God's people, was nervous. He felt inadequate. He felt unqualified. I believe that many of us, at many points in our lives, you know, we feel like we've been Christians for all these years. I feel like I'm a, I've been a pastor for seven years now. And even me, many times, there's times where I feel afraid. There's times where I feel anxious. There's times where I feel like I'm inadequate. I'm qualified. I'm not qualified. There's times where I feel like, like, like you know, that what I'm doing is wrong or what I'm doing is, is not what I should be doing. And there's times where I second-guess myself. There's times where I feel like there's all these promises that God gives me, but I was like, oh, I can't. I can never fulfill those in my life. Because I just feel like there's, there's so much fear in my heart. And God reminds him over and over again, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for your God is with you wherever you go. In this passage, we learn three things about the courage that we are to have. Because the courage that we are to have it's not the courage that we can muster up for myself, right? There's times where, like, I'll, I'll sometimes watch, like, a scary movie, and then Ma, Mina would be like, oh, can you go get something from the car? It's in the parking garage. I'd be like, all right. I'm, like, I'm the man. I'm going. And then there's times where I'd be like, well, one time, this is a true story, right? I was, so it's like really late at night, and it's a, no cars go through our parking lot, like, really late at night. And Mina had parked in B3. And I was supposed to get something from the car. I'm going, and I'm walking. I'm like, I'm the man. I ain't scared. And she had parked the car, like, way far away from the elevator. So I'm walking, walking down the corridor. And as I'm walking, like, the lights are coming on, you know, the motion sensor light. I'm just walking, and I look over, and I make eye contact with this lady just uh, sitting in the car. I literally was like, ah! <laughs> I freaked out. I was like, what are you doing in your car? It's 1230 at night, and why are you looking at me, right? I got freaked out, right? There's times where, like, like no matter, like, we get, you know, we, there's times where we get freaked out. But, you know, but at that moment where I was trying to muster up that courage, that's not the courage that God is talking about. Because as I got out of the elevator, I'd be like, I'm the man. Right? I know I saw that scary movie. I know I saw Bird Box, but I'm not scared, right? But that's not the courage that God's talking about. It's the courage that we're supposed to have is not a courage that we can muster up for ourselves. The courage... It's something that is, the first point is our courage is found in God's promises. It says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, and you and all the, this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and to this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and all of the different ites, this territory shall be yours. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. 
Our courage comes from what God has promised us. But if God promises it, we have to know that he's going to do it. So it's not about what we can do, but what he can do. And God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God promised them to Moses that the land will be theirs. That means not only is God going to answer his promise, but he's going to do it. That's the, that needs to be the source of our courage. It has to be from the promises that God has given us. Our courage comes from that place. It comes from the, from the place of God's promises, which means not only will his promises come true, but, it, but he's going to fulfill it, and it's based on what he can do. Now, I love Mina because she has the ability to have faith in circumstances that seem impossible for me. You know, and, and I'm just pragmatic. I'm just like, a, I'm a very practical thinker. I'm like, a, you know, when something happens, I'm the fixer. I just want to fix it, right? Something happens, oh, let's go and get it fixed, right? Amina, she's the one, she has way more faith than me, right? She's the one that'd be like, oh, don't worry, God's going to do it. And, and, and ultimately, God actually does it, right? She's a woman of faith, and that's why God had me marry her, because I actually need a woman like that, right? Because I'm this pragmatic, practical guy. Like, oh, let's let's try to figure this out. This is very true. And and me, like Mina, thinks that we're gonna. I'm eventually gonna be able to go back to America. And then I talked to a lawyer recently, and she's like, Oh yeah, you might be able to visit, but you'll probably never be able to immigrate there. And I was like, Oh, that kind of shocked me, right? But Mina's like, Oh, don't worry about it. God will be good. Caleb, if if God wants you in America, then God's gonna get. And I'm like, Where are you finding this faith, girl? Because I can't muster it up in my heart, right? I can't. I, like, like it's, it's too hard for me. I'm the one that got deported. I'm the one that told me many, many times, you can never come back. Please sign here. You can never come back. Please. So, like, I have this, this fear in my heart that actually comes from actually having gone through that. But Mina, she's able to have a faith because she stands on the promises of God. She stands on the fact of not what I can do or what the government can do for me, but what God can do for me. And a lot of times she's able to have, have faith that, that, you know, for me, it's, it's, it, I, I can't seem to have it. And it's from knowing what God says that he will do, he will do. So if God calls us into something, God will do it. God will open up the doors and he will make it so. And I believe as Joshua was on the verge of taking over, God is telling him over and over again, be strong and courageous. And I believe he remembered what Moses spoke into his ears years ago. Years, years ago. Right? Remember the time he says, right after Joshua beat Amalek, he's like, write this down and then say it into jo- Joshua's ear so that he remembers it. Right? And as he was standing and God speaking to him, he's like, oh my goodness, I actually conquered Amalek. We were a bunch of slaves. We were a bunch of people that used to make brick for like you know 400 years. I didn't even know how to swing a sword. I didn't know what a javelin was. But all of a sudden, we went out there and we defeated Amalek. And, and, and God, Moses, God had Moses recite that into his ears over and over again. He needed a reminder of what God can do with, his, with him. Right? Because he, he needed to be reminded that it wasn't him fighting the battle. It was actually God defeating his enemy. And although Joshua was actually fighting, the reason that they won was because of God. And when we are afraid, when we feel discouraged, when we feel anxious, when when fear creeps into our hearts, we have to drown it out with the promises that God has given us. 
and, and, and the one promise that God makes with Joshua is, is actually all for us, right? You know, this promise, it says, you know, that it says in the Bible that we are sons of Abraham. According to the Bible, it says we are sons of Abraham, right? Heirs according to promise, right? So whatever God promised Abraham, we have, right? That's true. That's, that's biblical, right? And then this is one of the promises that is given to Abraham and his descendants. And it says, I will not leave you or forsake you. And it says it always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And if he is with us, then we're golden. We're good. If he is with us, who can stand against us? Because he will never forsake us. And as we stand on God's promises, we have courage, not from what we can do, not from the courage that we can muster up, not from like the abilities that we have, the talents that I have, you know, like my ability to do this and the education that I've gotten here, the courage that comes, that God wants us to have, it comes from God. It comes from knowing that what he promised that he will do for us, he will actually do. And we have to stand on that. And that's where our promises, that's where our courage comes from. It doesn't come from our understanding. It doesn't come from our strength. But a courage that comes from what God has done and what he has promised to do and what God will do. That's where our courage comes from. You know, a lot of times, you know, like, you know, sometimes there's times where, you know, we, there's certain hopes that we have, Mina and I, there's certain dreams that we have. You know, and Mina is able to have them, like, in a way with so much faith. Ah, but then a lot of times, I feel like, God, I, 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 just, I just dreamed this high, right? But Mina has, like, these dreams, right? And she grew, up, she grew up fairly wealthy, and so she's able to have these dreams. I grew up, I grew up poor, right? It's so like, a lot of times, we've got to be like, oh, God, I, I don't want to dream all the way up here. I, I don't want to be disappointed. I'll dream, like, right here. But then God continues to tell me, like, hey, right? You have to realize that if I promise you something, then I will fulfill it. And, and you, you, all you have to do is just be on the ride. Be a part of the ride. Join me in the ride of me getting you there. And so the first thing is our courage. It comes from the promises that God, get, God gives us. It's found in the promises that God has for us. And number two, our courage is found in God's presence. It says, just as I was with Moses... So I will be with you. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We have a God that is with us. He is present with us. And when things get crazy and we start to freak out, we need to find ourselves in his presence. Now God is with us. He is closer to us than we can possibly imagine. That's why it's important for us to continually seek out his presence. Because when we continually seek out his presence... His presence becomes the norm, right? And when his presence becomes the norm, when something happens, like if somebody gets sick or like, like, you know, when we get let go from a job or like, you know, when something, something happens, his presence is actually what kicks in, right? A lot of times when something happens and we're, we're far from God's presence, right? We feel far from God. And when something happens, we would be like, oh, God, please be with me. Look, I, I did this many times. Right? I remember first, I got, first time I got arrested, the first thing I did was pray. I remember, like, the cop handcuffed me. I was like, oh, dear God, dear God. I know I've been sucky these days, but, Lord, please be with me right now. In Jesus' name, please help me, please help me, please help me. Like, that's, like, where our heart goes to, right? It's because I was far from God, right? Because I felt far from God, I had to, like, try to, like, conjure myself into this presence of God. But if you continually live a life of being in his presence, when things of trials, when things 
of, of like difficulty come, right, his presence becomes our norm. That's what we need to have in our lives. Now, there's many times where I, I, I'll freak out. I'll be like, there's something, I'll get some bad news. And I'll be like, oh, dear God, help me, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus, you know? You know, we've all said that prayer before, right? When, when, I, was a, when I was a little kid and I knew I was going to get in trouble with my dad, I'd be afraid, I'd, oh, God, help me, Lord. I know I did bad things, Lord. Jesus, help me, help me, Jesus, you know? Right? And, and a lot of times we have that kind of an understanding with, with God, but the more we seek out his presence, his presence starts to be our norm. And so when trials and difficulties come, we are able to now depend on the fact that God is with us. It's a reality for us. That's the first thing that kicks in. Oh, what, I, 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 are you firing me? Oh, but you know what? God's with me. He's that he might actually be orchestrating this. Right? I mean, you, you know, whatever it is, you know, like, oh, somebody, you know, I, I get sick or somebody gets sick, oh, but God is with me. And it says that in the Bible that, like, nothing can separate me from his love. And that prayer, that dear God, help me, Lord God, you know, that comes when God's presence seems so far from us. When you haven't communed with God, when you don't know what it is to hear from God's voice regularly, that, that He is with us. Not only is He with you, but He will never forsake us. Right? That's, 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 like, that's something to bank on. Because whatever God tells us is true. So that means He tells us, you know what? You might think that I'm super far from you, and you might think that like, you know, I've abandoned you, but this is my words to you. I'm always with you, and I will never forsake you. So our courage that God wants for us is found in his, in his presence. And lastly, our courage is fueled by God's word. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, has commanded you. Do not turn from your right or, or to your left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Our courage comes from God's word. Remember all the promises that God has given to us. It's in your Bible. Right? Now, the, the, the Bible has the ability to change us. It has the ability to come alive it has the ability to, to, to transform us. Because the, the Bible is a, it's, it's spirit and light. It's not just a book. Right? You might think it's just a book, and you might treat it like a book. But actually, the words that are in the Bible are, are spirit and light. Sorry, I have some grass. I had to burp right there. Sorry. Jesus says that his words are spirit and light. Thank God that you're not, like, really close to me right now. Right? And so... And so like, when we read the Word of God, if we read it in the way that we're supposed to read it, and if we're able to do what the, the Word of God, if we do with the Word of God what God commands us to do, it will transform our lives. So what does He tell us to do? God tells us to meditate on it day and night. You know, a lot of times we read the Word as if it's something that we have to do. And I'm very guilty of that, too. I'll read the Bible. Like, oh, i got to read the Bible because I'm a pastor. i got to read the Bible because i got to write my sermon i got to read the Bible because it's something to do because I'm a Christian and a Christian is supposed to read the Bible. But God tells us, don't just read it. He's saying meditate on it day and night. And when you meditate on something, it means that you actually are trying to like take it and then actually like fill it 
within your spirit and get it into your spirit, into the heart of who you are. Now, the world talks about meditation and transcendental meditation. It's about emptying your mind, right? But the meditation that God wants for us is for, he only talks about meditation in the form of meditating on his word day and night. doesn't tell you anywhere in the Bible. God doesn't tell you, like, all right, if you feel stressed out, fast and meditate on nothing. No, he always says meditate on his word, right? And so as we meditate on his word, we're not just reading it, but we're actually trying to get it into our heads and into our hearts and into who we are. And we try to write it into our spirit so that when, when things happen to us, the spirit, right, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit is in us and is interacting with the word of God that has been placed in us and it starts to transform us. And we, we, we react differently, you know. I, I told that story last week or a few weeks ago about me. Have I told that story about me getting mad on Sunday and like, like ah, like, did I tell that story here? Or like we're driving to, I, I told that I think I told that in Australia. But, like, you know, there was one day I was, like, all, like, like I, I was preaching. And I think I told this story, but, like, we were supposed to come to church here. And then I was, like, oh, my love, let's turn on praise music and let's worship God as we go to church, right? And then I turned on praise music and we're going. And then, and then uh, this guy that was behind me, we were stuck in traffic. He goes from behind me, he goes around me and tries to cut in front of me. And I got heated. I was, like, what? They literally like open the door, get out of the car, and I tell them like, "Hey, in my broken Korean, I was like, shouldn't the first person that came go first, right?" But it didn't come out like that. I sound really dumb when I speak Korean when I'm angry. I was like, "Oh, 먼저 온 사람이 먼저 가는 거 아니에요?" Like I just like blurted it out of my mouth, and me, I was just laughing at me. She's like, "Ha ha ha ha! My love, let's listen to praise music as we go to church, right?" Right. You know, and, and, and at that moment, like, I, I felt like, like what, what God, like, really wanted, you know, me to realize, because I repented before the Lord, but he wanted me to not just, like, have patience, but he wanted to produce patience in me. And, 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 it, and it, we, that, that transformation isn't me trying, because there's, there's many times where I've tried to be patient because it was the right thing to do. Right? But then what he wants for us isn't for us to just be patient. He wants for the fruit of the Spirit to come alive in us so that patience is just a natural thing that flows out of us. Right? And that happens as the Word of God is, de- is deposited into our spirit and Holy Spirit works with the Word of God that's in us and we start to bear fruit. Right? And these days, I, I want I uh, you know, to say that I've been a lot more patient. Mina tells me, hey, you've gotten a lot patient, more patient these days. And I, be- I believe that it really is from... For me, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, like tap myself in the back. I really believe that God told me after that that he was going to produce patience in me. Right? But I needed to die and I needed to like, you know, crucify my flesh and all these things. And so I, I, you know, but God doesn't want us to just change our behavior, but he wants to produce that fruit. And that fruit comes from the word of God. That the seed of that fruit is the word of God. And, and, and not only are we supposed to meditate on it day and night, you know, because it doesn't end at meditating on the Word of God day and night. Who thinks that it ends with meditating on the Word day and night? Anybody here? That you're good. If you meditate on the Word of God, if I read the Bible and I meditate on the Word of God day and night, morning and night, and I truly, like, want, like, I, I, I commune with the Holy Spirit, and I turn on Hillsong, and I, like, spend 30 minutes of worship, and then I read the Bible, and I meditate, and I take notes, 
and I look at the, you know, the Bible encyclopedia, and I look at all of the concordance, and I find all these other versions, and I study the Word of God, and I do it daily, do you think that that is all that we are required to do regarding the Word of God? And it's no. Because the Bible tells us, don't just listen to the Word of God, but you have to do the Word of God. It doesn't end there. The other half is for us to do it. You know, like, like Nike, just do it. Like we have to actually do the Word of God. The book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So not only are we supposed to meditate and fill the, 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 ourselves with the Word of God, but we're actually supposed to now do what the Bible tells us to do. If we stop doing it there, if, if all we are just filling us with the Word of God and this, all this, this, this information, this knowledge that gets filled up, you know what happens? We become a bunch of Pharisees. And, and, and Jesus, like, he really despised the Pharisees. And James one twenty two, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. When we just hear and we just fill ourselves with the Word, we're actually deceiving ourselves. That's what the Pharisees, the Pharisees deceived themselves. They thought that they were like, hey, man, I know the Torah. I've memorized the Torah. I've memorized the first five books of the Bible. You know, right? Like, like I, you know, I could recite it. You know, I could, I could sing it. You know, they, they sing the Word of God a lot of times. I could do it. Like, I can, I can you know, like, like, I can recite the book of Isaiah to you. These are the Pharisees. These are their minds. I, I, I act righteous in everything that I do. I tithe even from my cumin. When I buy cumin, I give 10% of my cumin. When I buy kochukaru, I give 10% of my kochukaru to the Lord. These people thought they were perfect, but they deceived themselves because they weren't actually doing what the Word of God was telling them to do. They filled themselves with the knowledge of the Word of God, but they weren't actually doing what the Word of God said, which was to love and was to live in love and righteousness, right, and justice. In, in a sense, I'm preaching to myself here because God continues to remind me, don't just preach. Practice what you preach. Because true courage comes from when the Word of God is not only in us, but is also fueling us to live the way that God calls us to live. When, we, when the Word of God fuels the way that we live, I'm telling you, we're going to start to be transformed and we're going to bear fruit in us. I want to close with this. Joshua was a man. He was mighty. He was, he was you know, physically strong, probably, and he was probably jacked, and he was probably a stud. And yet, even when he, when he faced these obstacles, he needed to be encouraged and reminded to be strong and courageous. And I know a lot of you guys, you guys have been Christians for many years. And some of you guys are deacons, and some of you guys have been, you know, like, you, you, you grew up in a, a house of Christians, and you grew up with your parents are PKs, or your parents are, you know, pastors, or, you're, you're a PK and all this. No matter where you are in your spiritual walk, there's going to be times where you feel afraid. Right? Nobody is like perfectly brave all the time. Like, even the greatest Christian feels afraid. Even Jesus, as, 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 the, as, the, you know, as he was supposed to be crucified, he's like, oh, you know, like, like this cup, if, if it is for you, please take this cup away from me. I believe that at that moment, like Jesus, you know, He's perfect, but he, he still went through that of like, hey, if I don't have to do this, please make it so that I don't have to do this, right? No one is perfect. No one, except for Jesus, even in, in, in Jesus at that moment, you know, he was still perfect, which means that like 
us having fear is, isn't necessarily this, this, this bad thing. Because what the fear will produce has, has the possibility of producing two things in us. Fear can produce us to, to want to fix it and, and do everything and get everything and, and, and reconcile it and get it fixed on our own. But fear can actually produce in us faith for us to follow what God has for us. You know, and you know, a lot of us, some of us are in transitional fear periods. I know that not all of you guys are going to be in Korea for the rest of your life. Some of you guys are praying and seeking and thinking about, about things to do, and it's all good. You know, I don't ever want to say, like, oh, you know. But, but I want you to be, as you, are, as you are thinking of these things and as you are processing these things and things about your future, I want you to be brave. I want you to be strong and courageous. And I want that courage and that strength not to come from what you think you can do. Because there's a bunch of things that I think I can do, but what God wants me to do is so much greater and so much more. Be strong and courageous. Tell your neighbors. Look right now. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. Don't don't let the devil come and and, and steal whatever, whatever amazing thing that God wants you to do and whatever amazing thing that God has for you. Don't let the devil come... And, and lessen that in any ways. It's okay to be afraid. Joshua was afraid. But at the end of the day, he was a man of faith. And he stood on the word of God. And he was able to, to, be, to be victorious. Let's pray.